Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for this week's Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It's brought to you by Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana, providing damage restoration and cleaning from water, fire, mold, and storms. Serve Pro, make it like it never even happened. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is also powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, forging strong leaders since 1868. Now, here is your host, Colin Likas. Thank you, Gene Honda. I know you can't actually hear me, but thank you anyway. Welcome, everybody, to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show, the first one of the 2022 season, powered by U of I Army ROTC. Thank you to both of our sponsors, Serve Pro and the U of I Army ROTC, for helping us with this show, getting it off the ground for yet another season. I am Colin Likas, joined by Joey Wright, who will be manning the soundboard and also providing some commentary and thoughts throughout the course of the show. We are with you for the next hour here from downtown Champaign, and we've got a loaded lineup following week one of the high school football season, which of course was last week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Going to be joined soon by Tuscola coach Andy Romine, as well as later on in the show, Centennial coach Kyle Jackson, Danville coach Marcus Forrest, and a trio of St. Joseph Ogden football players, Aiden Moberg, Jack Stetterdahl, and Aiden McCorkle. It'll be our second time with the St. Joseph Ogden football team today after Joey Wright and sports editor Matt Daniels did a little podcast with some of the other Spartans earlier this afternoon, and you can head to news-gazette.com tomorrow morning to see the results of that. Joey, how you doing? Doing great. Good to be here. Welcome to the show. First time. First time uh, in a while, maybe ever, Jim Rosso is not part of this show. If anybody misses him, go ahead and call <laughs> in, and we will uh, make sure he comes out of his office and gets on the air at some point, but... If you really enjoyed our first-ever News Gazette Game of the Week last week, which we did from Memorial Field in Tuscola, Tuscola taking down Arcola 30-13, to if you enjoyed that, you're going to enjoy this because it's Joey and I once again. We've got that chemistry built up. You know, Friday mm-hmm. was good for that, and now we're ready to just get after it. That's right. It's a little bit of a different vibe, of course. We're just going to, for those of you who are new to this show, just going to spend basically the better part of an hour talking high school football. Uh, in this case, that means recapping week one, looking ahead to week two. We've got plenty of rankings to talk about, including our top ten that will appear in Thursday's News Gazette. Might also get to the Associated Press rankings as well, which tend to be a little different than what we've got in the News Gazette's print pages. But let's not waste any further time here. Go ahead and jump to our first guest, as I mentioned before, Tuscola coach Andy Romine, his team coming off a victory against Arcola last weekend, 30-13 to in Tuscola. It's the 15th consecutive victory in the Cola War Series for the War. Warriors, Andy. Thanks so much for being part of our show this evening. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, uh, I want to make sure you guys can hear me. I'm on my watch. I left my phone in my classroom. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Oh, we can hear you just fine, Andy. You can hear us, okay? 
Oh, fantastically. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. that's uh, That might be a first, somebody on their watch for the show. I, I'm going to have to check in <laughs> with, with some of our past episodes and see. But, uh, yeah, as I said at the top, uh, you guys coming off a big win against Arcola, and I don't know how much you really look into Associated Press rankings, but you guys have checked in at uh, number 8 in Class 1A just a few hours ago. You mentioned to the guys in the postgame huddle on Friday, you're under the radar right now, but I don't know that it's going to stay that way for long. How are you feeling about this group of guys right now as far as, you know, maybe being under the radar or on the radar, above the radar, whatever you want to call it? Well, I just hope we're trending in the right direction and getting better. We've had two really good practices this week. You know, you get uh, get off to a decent start against Arcola, and the, the good thing about it was, Colin, when you, when you, uh, when you watch film, you, you feel like you played okay. We did some things well. We looked sharp at times, but there's still so much we can improve on, and that's obviously been the focus this week. So, uh, you know, we don't really look at any of that stuff. Um, I just know we haven't obviously flown under the radar very often over the years. So if, if there's an occasion where we feel like we might be, we're going to try to take advantage of that. Andy, you know, starting off with Arcola, uh, such a great game, obviously, the, the historical nature of the rivalry, but just being out there on Friday night, so many people there, uh, crowd numbered in the thousands. You come out, you get that big 30-13 to 13 win and make a statement, but what's it like to play in that playoff kind of atmosphere, you know, just right out of the gates? Well, that's the goal. I mean, eventually you want to be in those types of games. Uh, you know, that, that's a big game for our county because football is so important to both communities. And we've got a ton of respect for our COLA and the tradition of our COLA football. And obviously it hasn't let up, uh, you know, since Coach Lindsay's been there for a handful of years now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think you, you, you want to be in some games where there's some emotion to it. You want to be in some games that mean something. Um, and, and that one does to us. And to open up with it and kick off with it's really good. And obviously to play in front of a crowd uh, you, you're going to get that eventually, you hope, in the playoffs. And so, um, you know, it's nice to kind of start the year off that way. And then, fortunately, we were able to, you know, score more points and come out with a win. So happy happy the way it started. Talking about the emotional side of it, Andy, it always does feel, though, in games like that, whoever keeps their emotions in check better is going to win the game most likely and admittedly there were penalties on both sides it's kind of a week one thing that you kind of expect guys working through different things but on the whole i would say and you can agree or disagree that your guys handled the emotions of that game pretty well yeah i mean we didn't you know our penalty number colin wasn't super high we, we weren't too disappointed with it and, and really more than the number we want to look at what kind of penalties you know we had some aggressive penalties down the field um, where we're, we're, we're just fighting and battling on stock blocks or something that got away from us. We just didn't have a lot of mental error penalties. Um, we, you know, we had a couple of uh, offsides, but you know, we, were, we were pretty disciplined in, in a lot of situations. And so I think that's kind of where the emotional, the emotional side of the game will check into is how penalized you are pre-snap and things like that. And we seem pretty solid from that standpoint. So, uh, yeah, I thought our kids handled the emotion well. Um, and, um, you know, like, looking forward to week two we did not handle going to cumberland well on a saturday last year uh i told the kids it's the it's the uh worst loss we've had here in two decades and i really believe that and i think our kids are, are buying into that this week and and we're looking to try to make a statement again friday cumberland's got a nice team 
Talking with Tuscola football coach Andy Romine, and absolutely we'll dive into that Cumberland matchup here in just a bit. Looking back at some of the guys who made an impact for you guys last week, though, and who you would expect to continue to make an impact as we move forward in this season, we talked plenty about Jordan Quinn, the quarterback, a junior quarterback after uh, last week's game, was a standout, not only running the ball with the, his big six foot three frame, but also throwing the ball really impressive. Uh, two guys who maybe didn't take as much of the spotlight as a result were you guys who were running the ball alongside him, behind him, what have you, Ben Hornaday and Nate Thomason. Uh, both of those guys, I mean, that one-two combination that they provide, Jalen was or Jordan was hard to bring down, but those two as well just seem like when they get ahead of steam, they are going to be difficult to stop for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I thought our, we were really pleased with our offensive line. We thought our offensive line kind of asserted their dominance early, and, and uh, you know, what, what we tell them is we'll try to scheme our way and get an extra hat and get them into the second level. And from there, we needed to, we needed them to make plays. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of that when they got to the second level Friday night. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the areas of our team calling that, quite frankly, is pretty untested. Neither one of those guys have played a lot of varsity football out of the backfield. We've had a two-year starter there um, and who graduated, and, and uh, I think they passed the test in week one for sure. And and Colin mentioned getting to that matchup against Cumberland. You know, how does that feed into kind of getting a measure of revenge? What are some keys to victory on, uh, you, you know, playing against Cumberland? And and you know, how do you think you guys get the job done? Well, you know, our uh, to be honest with you, our, our I didn't think our emotional level. You talked about emotions. I didn't think we were emotionally ready to go when we got off the bus there. It was on a Saturday, a rainy Saturday, um, and and so we've obviously got to be emotionally ready to go. And I'll tell you this. We weren't ready to go. We, the walkthrough on Friday night, we kicked our kids out of practice. We were not focused. Uh, the hope was that that would wake them up, and it, but, it, but it carried over into Saturday. Um, you know, and sometimes it takes a little bit of that to get a lesson learned. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping our kids respond. I think they will. Um, from a game-type standpoint, we did not do a great job in our perimeter run fits last year. Our perimeter run fits struggled. Um, they did a good job of getting the ball to the edge and we'd stick our head into the wrong run fit and they had kids that could make us pay. So, you know, today's kind of our big defensive day. Uh, practice wise, we spent a lot of time on our perimeter run fit action. Um, and, and, uh, we're going to be better from that aspect. Uh, we hope on Friday night. You mentioned defensively. That was something you guys did really well against Arcola on Friday night, especially in the second half. I don't have it in front of me, but going off memory, I want to say Arcola's first three drives of the second half started at their own 5, their own 11, and their own 12, and then their fourth drive, I think, was a touchback, so at their own 20, and they could never really grapple forwards, maybe put some something together you know, towards the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth. But by and large, I mean, that second half was all Tuscola Warriors. You know, what is what, what carries over from week to week, you know, I imagine liking what you saw against, uh, against the yeah. Purple Riders. So you're always going to have some mistakes, especially early in the year, right? But, like, the one thing that I want to make sure that continues to carry over is we played really hard. Um, in, in the first half, you know, when we cut, thought we could have maybe got the game out of hand, they kept the ball away from us in the second quarter. For about, for about nine and a half of the 12 minutes of the second quarter, we didn't have the ball. And, uh, and the, the big thing about that was we missed some alignment checks based off their formations. And, and Coach Lindsay, I said, did such a great job of keeping the ball from us. He did some formational things uh, that kind of threw us off balance a little bit. We didn't do a good job um, with that. And, uh, and so that's kind of been an, a focus. 
We did a much better job of that in the second half after we got our kids calmed down at halftime. But you're right, the, the field position was the key, uh, really, in the whole game. Uh, we had a lot shorter fields to play on than they did. It seemed like when we got the ball, we're near four-down territory already. Uh, and when they got the ball, if we could get them in some third down and longs uh, and dial up some pressure, we felt like we were going to be in good shape. So the, the field position was certainly a big factor. Andy Romine, Tuscola football coach. And, Andy, before we let you go, you mentioned how pleased you were with the offensive line of this team on Friday. And I actually have a little bit of a surprise for you. We've debuted, or we are debuting a new award we're going to be giving out each week on this program, going to be recognizing an offensive line of the week uh, sponsored by the U of I Army ROTC. And we have chosen the Tuscola offensive line to lead off this, this award. So congratulations. Hey, I, I really appreciate that. I know our guys are going to appreciate that. We we do a lot around here to try to recognize our offensive line play. And, uh, you know, we've been so blessed with athletes over the years, but, you know, the, the one thing that we've been able to do pretty consistently is develop some offensive linemen in the weight room and through a whole bunch of hard work on their part. It's 100% credit to them, and you're right. They don't get a ton of credit, so we're going to celebrate that up pretty good with them, and I know our kids would be pretty honored, so thanks for doing it. Absolutely, and uh, I'm going to have some details for you, Andy, about uh, something we're going to do for the guys uh, to, to recognize them officially with the U of I ROTC, but wanted to let you know that on the air and, and make it official. So, yeah, go tell the guys, and uh, hopefully they, they appreciate it leading into the Cumberland game. Oh, it's so cool, man. I, I think that's awesome, and we really appreciate it, and I think our kids are deserving of it. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Andy Roma and Tuscola Football. Andy, thanks again, and good luck against the Pirates on Friday. Hey, thanks a lot, and I want to thank uh, you guys for covering the game. I've had a lot of great feedback on, on your guys' coverage of the game, and it was awesome to have you guys. Thanks again. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Andy. It means a lot. Talk well, thanks, to you guys Coach. Soon. Yep, see, see you soon, Andy. Yeah, we've uh, we've heard some good feedback as well, and uh, we're glad about that. Unfortunately, no game of the week this week. Uh, Illinois football tends to take precedence over high school, and we totally understand that. But we will be back. Be, ugh, we will be <laughs> back in week three uh, with Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond at Villa Grove. But we will talk a little bit more about that on next week's show. Let's go ahead and take our first break of this week's show. When we come back, going to be joined by center, I'm sorry, by Danville coach Marcus Forrest, along with other guests. This is the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential, powered by U of I Army ROTC. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5, powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. It is 616 here in Champaign. Welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I'm Colin Likas, joined by Joey Wright. First show of the season. Thank you all for taking the time to join us and hear a little bit about high school football in central Illinois. 
Well, we got a packed show, as I mentioned at the top, so let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and get on with our next guest here. We started off with Tuscola football. We're going to be going to a slightly larger school now for our second guest of the evening. It's Danville High School, specifically Vikings coach Marcus Forrest, whose team is coming off a 21-12 win over Belleville West in Week 1. Good quality start for the Vikings. Marcus, thank you so much for being part of our show this evening. Yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, first of all, just the the uniqueness of an opponent like Belleville West. Obviously, Danville and Belleville are not exactly close together on the map of Illinois. I'm sure that was a heck of a trek for Belleville to make on a Friday night. Uh, How do you prepare for a game such as that to start off the season? You're used to playing tough opponents in the Big 12 Conference, but just to play an opponent from the St. Louis area, what was the preparation like, and how did you like the way the guys executed? It was it was different. Um, just it was a different experience overall, which is what we wanted. You know, it was a opponent we'd never seen. wasn't sure what they were going to do. Didn't ever have much tape on them, which for us gave us an opportunity to really focus on us and the things that we wanted to do. So uh, you know, it was it was unique in that aspect as far as we really got a chance just to focus on what are we going to do. You know, how do we get better at what we do and how do we prepare for many different things? You know, and because in our, you know, in the Big 12, we have a lot of different offenses, a lot of different defenses that we face. So they kind of gave us an opportunity to prepare for everything before coming out and really getting started. Talking about distances, obviously it's it's no walk down the street from Peoria to Danville. That that bus ride in itself is just over two hours each way. But, Coach, you talk a lot uh, or you talk about a lot of different offenses in the Big 12. When I think Peoria Lions football, I think track meet. I think, you know, getting up and down the field, no huddle, you know, catch your breath when you can. So what did you take away from week one that maybe you apply to a, an up-tempo, you know, quick-moving Peoria team that, that will just, you know, march up and down the field? Seemingly it will. Well, we we got to depend more on uh, experience from last year uh, more than anything because one thing they are is aggressive and they're attacking both offensively and defensively. So really, no matter how you look at it, they're going to be coming to, coming at you in a way that you really have not seen. Um, what I got from last week was just uh, the size and the aggressiveness that we were able to play with and even against with Belleville because they had pretty nice-sized kids. Uh, but that athleticism that they had will probably be doubled in certain areas. The physicality that they had will definitely be doubled. And like the, you said, the up-tempo play that they have and the aggressiveness that they play with offensively, defensively, and even the special team-wise because they're putting you in a position where they're putting pressure on you with hopes of getting you to turn the ball over. So with doing and, and going through all of that, it's not a lot that can kind of really truly prepare you for that. But um, you know, the experience from last year gives us a, a chance to say, all right, this is what's going to be coming after you. Um, and for us, it kind of helps that, you know, we were able to play with them for a little while. Um, you know, we had a bad quarter, and that's all you need, you know, which also gives them an idea of no matter how close it can be, we were at 22-20. And just like that, it went from 36 to 22. And it just takes one bad play, and they look for that one bad play to get a snowballing. So, um just the physicality we take from last week, but then understanding that if we don't play aggressive, they're going to get going, they're going to put their foot on the gas, and they're not going to stop until the game is over. 
talking with Danville football coach Marcus Forrest and talking about aggression and Peoria, your next opponent, wanting to force takeaways. I mean, you guys did a pretty fantastic job on the defensive side against Belleville West, allowing only 12 points. You rack up a safety on the defensive side as well. Um, we know you got to score points to win games, but the old saying goes defense wins championships. Who were some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball who really stood out to you for your team against Belleville? You know, last week, one of them, you know, Phil Shaw, our uh, middle linebacker, you know, he kind of showed his growth and maturity from a year ago to this year, going from a, a backup and sometimes starter to a, you know, full-time starter. The way he, he flew around, he came downhill making tackles. And he was in a correct space and, and it had a, really the, the, a great opportunity where he, he missed the interception on one play, but then he was there and was able to take advantage and get an interception two plays later. So he really was something that we were really happy with. Um, and also D'Angelo Tyler, who was, you know, a defensive tackle for us. Uh, just him being able to come off the ball, be aggressive, be physical. Uh, he was able to disrupt a lot of the plays that they had. And he was the one who actually caused the interception that Phil Shaw was able to get. So just those, those two really stood out for what we were doing. And, uh, you know, Tommy Harris was a kid who came down. He made tackles. He got the safety. And it was the aggressiveness that they'd learned from last year. And one of the things we kind of preached and talked about this past summer up to now is being aggressive. You know, the ball is in the air. Try to go get it. Um, if they're coming at you, try to meet them where they're at. Don't wait for it to come to you. Anytime you wait, nothing good is going to happen from that. <laughs> but if you go after it, you know, you got a chance to make something happen. And that's one of the things I was really proud of as a whole. Um, that they were able to kind of put pressure in different places and make things happen, especially when they really uh, flew around. You know, as, as opposed to that, we gave up the ball eight, we fumbled eight times. So, you know, to be able to, you know, still get, you know, 21 points uh, based off of, you know, the way we were playing because we gave up simple fumbles that we hadn't done all preseason and that we characteristically, characteristically don't do. So they gave us, you know, more of an actual learning tool to say, all right, if you don't do these fundamental things, that's actually going to stop you from drives. And that killed us quite a few times last week. So we've been able to focus on that and we can get a better understanding of if we, if we take care of the ball, we give ourselves the kind of, a chance to control the clock. And we get a chance, a chance to not only move the ball, but give the defense a rest. And they'll need it this week because, you know, the Peoria will, they will score fast. They will have you running. They put pressure on you, and they say, no, they got you on defense again. So it's going to be important for us to be able to control it as much as we can and keep drives going as much as we can without turnovers to give ourselves a chance to play with them. And then highlighting one more guy, you mentioned uh, Tommy Harris Jr. with the safety. Had a seven-yard touchdown run to close the scoring for you guys in that game against Belleville West. Bryson Perez-Hinton also had a 17-yard touchdown run. But the guy I wanted to get you to talk about, Marcus, was uh, Javon Robinson. I know he goes by Diddy in some circles. 42-yard touchdown run. He really impressed Javon did during his freshman season last year as a basketball player. Uh, It just seems like he's bringing that uh, innate athleticism onto the football field now as well. He does. He's he's really an athletic kid, and when you you know if you meet him and you talk to him, he he seems so unassuming to where you wouldn't know if he's really if he really cares about what he does. And that's whether he's on the football field, whether he's playing basketball, he even ran track this spring. Um, so whatever he's doing, he he just is unassuming in his mannerism, but he's extremely competitive. 
Um, and, you know, even for us, it took me a while to figure out, like, man, do you really want to do this? I've talked to you. Say, hey, do you want to do this? He'd be like, yeah. You want to do that? No. I'll, I'll play. But it's it's more or less he's he's a really good kid. Um, he's a really good student. And because of how he's raised, he's – not really going to be combative in anything, but when he gets out and he's got a chance to play, he's able to make plays. You know, early on he he almost pressed too much and he dropped a, a interception that was right in his hands. But we're also happy that he was in position to be able to do it. And he played, he came down on tackles and and really pushed it defensively and offensively. He's someone that I know uh, he brings a different dimension for us. Uh, you know, as a quarterback when he's out there, or also as a receiver, because we start putting him out as a receiver also. You know, he can really make plays, and he's just, you know, a natural athlete. So we're trying to not really put a lot of pressure on him yet, but at the same time work him in a lot of different areas and utilize all the, you know, abilities that he has. Because he's an extremely good athlete, and he's faster than you would believe he is. Even with, you know, with a 42-yard run he had, which for me showed that, you know, one, he was able to get faster by running track. And also last year he had a couple runs in games. So um, he's somebody I'm extremely happy about, proud of, and just seeing his growth because now he's even verbalizing the things that he wants to do. You know, it was a struggle getting him to say anything. So you have a quarterback that doesn't talk. That's always going to be a problem. But – you know, he's starting to get a little louder, be able to take control of different things. And then defensively, he's actually communicating, which all just translates over for him in the basketball because he's going to be a leader on that team this year. So they need him to communicate. Um, he's just someone we've been extremely excited about. And for me, I'm I'm just happy to, to see the growth he's shown already, excited to see how he does, not only this season, but the next few seasons. You mentioned his offensive abilities. How about his brother, Chucky Robinson's offensive abilities, now playing for the Cincinnati Reds as a catcher, had a home run the other day. And, uh, you know, Danville High School alum, of course, Chucky Robinson in his own right, class of 2012. Uh, what does it do for his brother and, and even for the whole program to see a guy like that having success? Obviously a different sport, but obviously success at the highest level of that sport. You know, one of the one of the preeminent uh, stages in, in North American sports, Chucky Robinson's enjoying right now. Yeah. Well, Javon, I think, is a cousin of Chucky. But because Caleb Robinson is Chucky's brother, and Caleb is one who plays running back and plays linebacker for us. Who else? He did well also. Um, but they, he, uh, you know, Chucky Caleb was asked to practice that day to go with his mom to go to the game. So not only you know does he have a brother that he made it to the big leagues and has had a chance to start and play, he got a chance to actually go there, and witness it. Not only wasn't witnessing playing, but he said witness him hitting the home run in the biggest of stages at a time that you know was he was extremely proud because before he even came home he was texting the coach you see my brother you know which for me is really the great thing because not only is he having an opportunity now to play with us and grow and mature in his own areas and branch out but he's still extremely proud of his brother uh to be able to get into the big leagues to be able to be with the reds and he's somebody that's persevered you know through a through a path of you know, being with the with the Houston Astros organization, being now you know with the Reds organization, and he's just stayed consistent, and he's kind of pushed and persevered through a lot of different different things, and he stayed focused on what he wanted to do. So now that I, when that opportunity came, he he was ready for it, and you know he had a couple games where he you know he was able to he was able to get a single, 
and score on the, you know, from first base, which I told him, I kind of, you know, I texted him and said, man, if you, if you could have ran like that when you were in high school, we could have played you a tight end or something <laughs> you know, to, to utilize the athletic ability. But, you know, we are not, not only as a, as a town, but, you know, I know as a family for them, they're extremely, extremely proud of him and what he's been able to do. And it's even, you know, vice versa to watch him be so supportive of his brother Caleb. And he's, as much as we can kind of mentor him, talk to him, try to get him in the right direction, you know, and he has a family that always looks over him, but his brother is the one who really gets him focused as far as not following in his path and coming out of his shadow and then kind of trailblazing his own path. You know, he's one of his biggest supporters. So it's, it's fun and really neat to see how they kind of support each other. Marcus Forrest, Danville football coach, talking about Chucky Robinson, who, of course, Danville alum, now in Major League Baseball. But as for Marcus's Vikings, you can catch them at home on Friday against Peoria in a Big 12 conference action. Marcus, thanks again for making some time to chat with us, and good luck against the Lions on Friday. You know, anytime, and I appreciate the opportunity. So y'all have a good weekend, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about a good game on Friday. (laughs) Sounds like a plan, Marcus. Looking forward to it. Thanks Thanks, again. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Well, let's go ahead and take our second break here of the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we are going to stick with our Big 12 theme and talk with another local Big 12 team that picked up a win in Week 1, that being the Centennial Chargers. We'll hear from Chargers coach Kyle Jackson. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you. When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. You're listening to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. And it is 6.32. Welcome back to the show. I'm Colin Likens, joined by Joey Wright. Thanks again to Coach Marcus Forrest and earlier on Coach Andy Romine for joining us and representing Danville and Tuscola, respectively, here on our first show of the 2022 season. Stick around. We still got our top 10 to unveil from 10 to 1. You'll see it in Thursday's News Gazette as well. Some explanation in print on why those teams are ranked where they were. Uh, but we will dive into that also later on in this show. One team who I will, spoiler alert, let you know is in the top 10 this week, Centennial. We are going to hear from their head coach now, that being Kyle Jackson. His Chargers coming off a pretty rousing win in week one. They went to Proviso East, picked up a 47-22 victory in non-conference play, and we're joined now by Kyle on the show. Kyle, thanks so much for being part of this this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me, Colin. Appreciate it. And we just uh, got off the phone with Marcus Forrest over at Danville, who had a uh, team come from the St. Louis area to visit Danville last week. You, kind of the inverse, not not quite to St. Louis, but you guys making a, a bit of a lengthy trip to uh, Maywood, Illinois, to face a Proviso oh, yeah. East team that I imagine you knew very little about before this season. Uh, what was that whole experience like for your guys, beyond obviously just winning on the field? What was that whole experience like? Um, well, it was good. You know, overall it was good. Um, you know, always nice to, to get a victory, especially if you've got to travel for it. Um, but it started with a very, very long bus ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it ended up taking us about three and a half hours to get there between construction and traffic along the way. So uh, long bus side to start the trip wasn't necessarily ideal, uh, but we did a real nice job of, of getting on the, off the bus despite the longer trip than we had expected. Um, had to kind of truncate our, our pregame stuff and our warm-ups uh, a little bit, um, but we did a nice job of handling that adversity and got off the bus, um, got, got the guys something to eat real quick, and then got to warming up, got our focus. We, we were – we were really, really fired up for the game. Um, you know, I, we got there and it was, I could feel right off the bat, these, these guys were ready to play. Um, and the rest of the night went pretty well. We, we, we played the game we thought we could play. Like you said, we, we, we didn't know a whole lot about them. We, we got film from YouTube, actually, and then kind of reached out to um, some other teams in their conference. And we were able to get film from their first week last year and film from their sixth week. So we had a, a, somewhat of an idea of what we thought they were going to do. Um, they didn't necessarily come out and do everything we thought we were going to do, so we had to make some adjustments and that sort of thing. Um, but all in all, like I said, we we, we played a good physical game, um, had some fun, and, and came home with the W, which which we enjoyed. Forty-seven twenty-two uh, on paper, a comfortable margin of victory. Did it play that way? I mean, you know, what did you see from your guys that you liked, and, and specifically, what are some of those things you think you did well? Yeah, we were um, we were up thirty five nothing at half, so so it, it was it was a pretty comfortable margin. Um, offensively, um, we moved the ball well. We we ran the ball really really well, um, and, and our uh, Brandon tailback, or I'm sorry, Brandon Harvey, our starting tailback, um, had one hundred and fifty plus yards rushing um, on twelve carries. Uh, so pretty good number for for not that many carries and and. You know, it was one of those situations where we got him out and kind of called the dogs off. But had we left him in, we, he probably could have had 300 yards on the night um, if, if we'd let him keep going. Um, so did a really nice job offensively, defensively, um, pitched a shutout. Uh, those 14 points uh, came against, well, our offense actually the second half fumbled the ball and they returned it for a score. Um, so made a little bit of a mistake there. Uh, and then when we started subbing was, was when they scored the second um, the second touchdown. So uh, our first team defense pitched a shutout. Um, offense, you know, winning at a half up, thirty five nothing. We played a pretty good, pretty complete ball game um, against those guys. And now you guys are back at home, you know, nice and comfortable in, in, in Champaign this week. But an opponent that, you know, kind of keeping an eye on the Big 12, I'm, I'm not sure anyone in this conference can get too comfortable playing, and that's the manual Rams out of Peoria. Last week they lost to PND 40-38 to the final there, but yep. that was a close game throughout. I know their quarterback, Landon Tolliver, had a, a tremendous performance. I think at one point he mm-hmm. threw three touchdowns on three straight passes in the third yep. quarter, so so lucky number three. But you know what do you see in the Rams this week? Because it, it 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 definitely looks like they're not the the Rams team of old. I, I would one hundred percent agree, and that's something we've been talking about with our players all week. Is is you know we try to try to you know approach every game with hey we don't underestimate anybody. We we, we don't you know we we don't go in thinking that we got to do anything but play our game the way we know we should should be playing. Um, but that's especially true this week. Uh, true this week. Uh, this this uh, manual team, I, I think, based on what we've seen on film, is better, much better than than, than previous manual teams. I think they showed it against P and D uh, last Friday or Saturday, whatever day that game happened. Um, they are they are improved uh, from previous years and, and previous manual teams. So we've really been kind of driving that home with our guys this week that hey, um, these 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 guys are a good football team. And and, and again, we got to go into it 
not underestimate them, not not think that this is, is going to be easy or that this is the same old manual, because it's not. Um, and so we've really been trying to drive that message home this week. You know, we, we got to, you know, constantly play our game, right? Whoever we're playing, if we play physical, if we play fast, we, we complete our assignments, I trust our teammates to do the same. We, we feel like we can, we can compete with anybody, but, but we can't underestimate anybody either. And I feel like it's an interesting, Kyle, that you you know you mentioned this isn't the same old manual. I feel like last year there were probably some teams that were watching film and ended up saying that about you. This is not the Centennial that went 0-9 not that long before. <laughs> this is a team that is much improved, and your guys carry themselves like a team that is much improved and that has expectations of being a good team in the Big 12 Conference. To, to know that you've kind of helped foster that turnaround within a program that has some rich tradition but that had just you know fallen on a, a few hard seasons how proud does that make you as a coach just to see how this has worked out oh it's, it's a great feeling um it's, it's a great feeling just to, to to have the success that we had last year and you know we've talked a lot about hey you know we can't just ride the coattails of last year uh, just because we were good last year doesn't mean we're going to be good this year we, we, we've got our own work to do and they've really embraced that they, they've really um, stepped up to that challenge and, and said, you're right, coach, we, we got to be our own team. We got to be our own crew. Um, and in a lot of ways, I, I think I would argue this team is better than last year's. Um, and that's, a, I, I think, a, a, a tribute to the work that they've put in um, to our senior class and the leadership that they've provided. Um, we, we, um, we, we lost some studs last year, uh, but I think we, what we've gained uh, in this year to replace those guys is a, a, a team that, 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 you know, we don't have necessarily, you know, a standout like a Jack Young per se. Brandon Harvey is probably that guy for us this year. Um, but we, what we do have is a bunch of guys who do their jobs and they play with each other. They love each other. They take care of each other um, and they fight for each other on the field. And, and that I think is, uh, is kind of what has, has brought us along. And it's just great to see. It's, it's exciting to see the kids have fun and have success. Um, it's exciting to see our, our, our vision from where we started four years ago really kind of coming to fruition. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the things we do, the things that we've been preaching and teaching, the things, you know, our core values and, and, and everything that we've been talking about to try to rebuild this program is, is working. It's, it, it, it feels good to have that success. And then to cap this off, Kyle, you know, like we just talked at the top, you guys made a long, long trip up to the Chicago area to face Proviso East last week, but now you get Peoria Manual at home, Peoria Richwoods at home, you face Champaign Central as it's listed on the road, obviously, that is <laughs> yeah. that is at home, and then yep. you get Danville at home after that. Yep. It's never easy to play in the Big 12, but just to have this four-game stretch Right when you're trying to still qualify for the playoffs, all of those games being in Champaign, how important is that for your guys? It's awesome. It's it's you know we 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 kind of felt like after last year, our our schedule last year was <laughs> pretty rough, mm -hmm. pretty early, um, and you had you know you had some some games mixed in there where you know we felt like hey we we got to win these games to, to be able to make the playoffs. And we went out and did that. We were kind of hoping to win some of those other tough games along the way um so, so this year that that first you know five games or, or, or you know the next five games whatever it is being at home is, is, is huge for us um in terms of just you know being able to play here at our house in front of our fans build even more confidence um you know obviously got one road trip out of the way at the beginning of the year which was a nice long one but 
nice to be on the at home and, and, and then you know we can get back to the road and get some road tests at the end of the year but be a nice little stretch here being at home for us Kyle Jackson, Centennial football coach. You can catch his team at home at Tommy Stewart Field on Friday against Peoria Manual, 7 p.m. Kyle, thanks again, and good luck against the Rams this week. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Well, before we take our final break of this show and transition to our last guests of the evening, we've been teasing these top ten throughout the course of the show, and I figure we might as well unveil a portion of it now. We'll save a little <laughs> bit of it for later on in the show, but let's go ahead and start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, number 10, going to be joined by a few of the athletes from this team here shortly. we got the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. They are new to the rankings. Uh, they defeated Monticello for the first time in seven years last week, 21-14 on the Sages' home field. Doesn't get any easier in week two because St. Joe's hosting rival Unity over at Dick Duval Field. Our number nine team this week, you heard from Coach Forrest earlier, it's the Danville Vikings. They're also new to our rankings after that win over Belleville West. If they can win over Peoria this week, they will certainly surge in our News Gazette rankings. And our number eight team, you also heard from their coach earlier in the show, it's the Tuscola Warriors. They were at number 10 in the rankings last week. They're up to number eight. They will try to keep their stock rising when they host Toledo Cumberland on Friday. And then our number seven team is 0-1 on the season, but still a quality program, the Unity Rockets. They suffered a loss to Prairie Central, a team we will hear more about here shortly. But, uh, yeah, Unity, tough loss for them to start the season. Had to go on the road to Fairbury, not an easy place to play, and graduated a lot of seniors from last year's Class 3A state runner-up. So Unity's going to try and get its footing with a trip to St. Joseph Ogden in Week 2. And then our number six and five teams both hail from the Vermilion Valley Conference. First off, you got the Salt Fork Storm. Salt Fork made pretty easy work of Dwight in week one in a Saturday afternoon game, 48-19. to They will try to have a similar result on Friday night when they visit Moments. And sticking with Vermilion County at number five, we've got the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Blue Devils trounced Clifton Central 43 to seven on the road last week. That's a really good win against a opponent that is typically very quality. And uh, Bismarck going to try and keep it going in week two against the aforementioned Dwight team that Salt Fork just beat. You know, when I talked to BHRA before the season started, uh, I, I don't know if head coach Mark Dodd was a huge fan of this, but their players are thinking big picture already. They've had yes. a couple early round playoff stumbles the last couple of years, and talking with that Bismarck Henning, Rossville Alvin team, I, I get the sense that that's a confident bunch. They know what they want, and they want to go far and lay in the groundwork for it early on. Yeah, 100%. Those Blue Devils, they, they like Unity, graduated quite a bit from last year's team. Unlike Unity, though, they've been stuck, Bismarck has. Six seasons in a row, <laughs> you lose in the second round of the playoffs. Those guys are sick of it. You know, uh, They probably think you know people are, are laughing at us. People are saying we can't get over the hump. They want to prove to people that they can get over the hump. And this might just be the team to do it, to make an extended run in the Class 2A playoffs. Well, let's go ahead and take our final break here on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we'll be joined by three young men who I can see walking in the front doors of our building right now, representing St. Joseph Ogden football. So stay tuned for that. 
Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. And welcome back to the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. It is 647. You've got Joey Wright and I for the remainder of the evening here talking high school football around central Illinois. And we're glad to be joined in studio live by our final guests of the evening, a trio of St. Joseph Ogden football players. We've got Aiden McCorkle. We've got Aiden Moberg. We've got Jack Setterdahl. Guys, I know you just finished practice like a half hour ago, so thanks yeah. for making the quick trip over here. Yeah, of course. No yeah. problem. Aiden McCorkle, I will lead off with you. I think I'm just going to keep doing that, Aiden McCorkle, Aiden Moberg, <laughs> otherwise we're going to get things confused. Uh, Aiden McCorkle, you guys are coming off a major win against mm-hmm. Monticello last week. First time since 2015 St. Joseph Ogden has beaten Monticello. What was the conversation like going into that game? I mean, were you guys as confident as you ended up showing on the field uh, that night? Oh, yeah, we were We were full of confidence. Like We knew as a team we'd put in the work to do it. We'd been putting in the work for months, and we just felt prepared and ready to go. We were excited. Aiden Moberg, what was just the reaction like after the game? I mean, I'm sure the fans that were there at Monticello were going crazy, but for you guys as players, you know, when you're on the field, when you're in the locker room post-game, take us through the scenes of how wild that was. Yeah, for sure. It was it was really special because we haven't obviously last year we didn't win in week one, and just honestly just to get that first win out of the way, especially against Monticello, it felt really good. Jack Sutterdahl is going to ask you as well the bus ride home. Then I mean, bus rides home typically when you win are a lot of fun. And I imagine after you beat Monticello for the first time in seven years, you guys had a lot of fun once you're driving, making a relatively short trip back to St. Joe. Yeah, it was absolutely electric. I mean, the locker room after the game was absolutely electric. It was a great time. I was just seeing guys that express emotions you haven't seen in forever, and it just was so much weight off your chest. You just felt like you really did something. Aiden, we'll go back over here to you. This is the third different group of three that we've talked to from your team, <laughs> talked with a couple guys earlier today, and then a separate trio during media days a few weeks ago. And first of all, that's a testament to head coach Sean Skinner. He's he's keeping the you know he's he's spreading the wealth. Mm-hmm. But one thing that each trio has proven to me is that you guys are a confident bunch. I mean, just take me inside the locker room and that swagger you guys are playing with. You know, kind of that not afraid of anyone mentality. Um, well, I mean, you know, our mottos this year is earn, not given. So we just come out there with, you know, the attitude that we got to earn this and it's not going to be given to us and we got to put full effort in everything. And that's that's what we do as a team. In Moberg, obviously a lot of people went into what you guys accomplished at Monticello. You being a receiver for this team, uh, I want to ask you about uh, Ty Pence being part of this program. Uh, I remember Coach Skinner when he told me that Ty was going to be part of the team. You guys all kind of were like, you didn't believe him initially. You're like, no, no there's no way he's coming out. What, what is his addition specifically to the, the receiver room? What does that do for your guys' offense? Yeah, definitely. When he showed up, it was just kind of a different feeling. He's helped us in every way he can and we just couldn't do it without him he's a huge part of our offense 
And Jack, he's also a big part of the defense, but the defense as a whole, I want to talk about what you guys did against Monticello, 14 points. I mean, that team has put up 35, 40, 45 points against St. Joe for quite a few seasons in a row. What was the key in your mind to defensively stifling Monticello the way you guys did? I think the key was just all the preparation we did. We knew what was coming. I mean, we had been working really hard for, Pat for all summer to looking at him, looking at film, knowing what was coming. And I think that's something that really helped me, especially as a defensive player, and I think our whole defense, was that we just felt comfortable. We felt like we knew what we were doing. We felt like we were ready. Jack, I'll, I'll keep it down there with you. You talk about preparation. We'll get into that aspect of Unity Week here in just a second. But first of all, it is Unity Week. You know, big rivalry. Both towns come out for this one. You want to win it maybe more than any other game on the schedule. Just take me inside that rivalry and what this league, uh, week building up to the game is like at school. Uh, this week, there's a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of tension. Kind of, We're all kind of really locking in this week. I mean, practices, we've been going very hard. Uh, film, I know everybody's been watching a lot more than usual. We're kind of really locking in, getting ready for this game. And I think we feel prepared right now, feel comfortable. Aiden McCorkle, just having this game at home, I mean, even if it was at Hicks Field in Tolono, St. Joe would be showing out. We, we all know this. But uh, having this be the home opener with how excited people are after the Monticello game, what sort of atmosphere are you anticipating for this Unity game in Week 2? I mean, I know the St. Joe crowd is going to come out and uh, we're going to see in full force, and I'm ex- really excited to see it and see everyone cheering. And I, I just know it's going to be fun. And, and they haven't, Unity hasn't been to St. Joe in a long time, <laughs> I feel like. I've never played against them at home, so I'm excited. Yeah, the uh, the pandemic probably caused a little bit of a scheduling quirk as far as that goes. I hadn't really thought about that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden Moberg, just to, to talk about the emotions you guys showed after that Monticello game. So obviously there's a level of you want to show the emotions after a win, but now you got to kind of rein that back in because you got to do it all over again against Unity. Uh, how, do you, how do you guys feel you're maybe prepared for, for that after? After beating Monticello, how prepared are you to kind of rein everything back in and just go back out there and try to win another big game? It's one of those things where obviously we had months to prepare for Monticello, and now as the season goes on, <laughs> you only have a few days. And we we beat Monticello, we did it, and we just can't we can't live on that. We need to get ready for just every week and take it week by week. Yeah. Jack, where can this team get better at this point? I mean, twenty-one fourteen. It's a pretty typical football score. Defensively, sounds pretty good. Offensively, you guys did a lot of good things. How can this team get better? I think defensively, we just have some things we can kind of polish up, some things that are not major issues but minor ones we can kind of perfect, and I think we'll be able to work that out as the season goes on too, is kind of working out the kinks, playing with each other more, and really getting that down. And offensively, it's very similar. I think it's just kind of adding in the little things, making sure everything is clean, making sure from the line to the receivers that everything just goes great and is clean. In McCorkle, it just seems like with the St. Joe football program in the last few years, keeping people healthy has been a big issue. Like you guys have had the horses, but keeping everybody on the field and, and intact has kind of been a, a big deal. Just how well—I don't know if "well trained" is the right word—but just how, how how good does this group feel physically right now? How much good work did you guys put in during the summer to make sure you can try to keep everybody on the field? Mm-hmm. We put in way more than I feel like we have in the past. In that first game, I know all of us felt way more conditioned than we did last year for sure. And we would come out every week and we'd have conditioning uh, like a couple of times every week and lifting. And we all put in as much effort as we could. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aiden Moberg, just uh, seeing what has happened under Sh- uh, Coach Skinner here, you're trying to get over that five-win hump in his, in his time here. And winning week one seems like a great way to start that. Tell me why you think this team has what it takes to, to at least get over that five-win hump this fall. 
Yeah, we we definitely did a really big thing in winning week one, but main difference this year is like I feel like all of us three and multiple different people on the team have just developed a different leadership role, you could say. Like we've all been taking charge. We've been getting the underclassmen to believe in this team and I think that's the most important thing when you have everyone on board. It's just kinda hard for for you guys not to have all that confidence in the world. Colin took the question right out of my mouth, but kind of piggybacking off of that, I mean, you, you take down Monticello week one. I mean, that's a that's a great step towards getting over that hump and build some momentum. I mean, just how big of a relief is that to have that win against an Illini Prairie Conference Blue Blood out of the gates week one, make that statement. I mean, I've got to imagine, obviously, still focused on unity, still focused on you know those those goals that you have set out but i've got to imagine that all three of you guys and all your teammates are breathing just a little bit easier and you know walking shoulders back just a little bit more this week uh i mean (laughs) for us we're trying to take it back and we're trying to bring the same intensity that we did for monticello and we're trying not to relax as like as much as we can and we want to keep it full pedal uh, you know pedal to the floor as much as we can especially with unity and it's a home game in their arrival and uh, we want to go pedal the floor. I want to get from each one of you guys. We'll start down here with you, Aiden. Uh, just a, a key to the game. I want to. I want to ask each, all three of you, for a key to the game against Unity. What is something that you're really focusing on that you guys are really focusing on in order to come out successful in this game? Uh, just be technique, technique tough, and uh, just really focus on that and doing what you're supposed to. And each person doing their own individual role and sticking to that. Aiden Moberg. Uh, the biggest thing is. Obviously, we can't be perfect all game, so if something goes wrong, none of us can hang our heads. We just need to, one play goes bad, make sure to focus on the next play. Mm-hmm. And Jack, how about you? I think the biggest thing from my perspective would probably be we just have to find a way to control the line of scrimmage. That's the biggest thing that I'm worried about is the defense. Is that I think if we can do that, we have a good chance at securing the win. Absolutely. Aiden McCorkle, Aiden Moberg, and Jack Setterdahl, St. Joseph Ogden football team. You can catch them at Dick Duval Field on Friday at 7 p.m. against the Unity Rockets in what should be a really good game. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for making the trip over here again. Really appreciate it, and good luck on uh, Friday night. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. And uh, we just got a few more minutes here in the show, so uh, for these guys, probably didn't hear coming in, St. Joseph Ogden cracked our top 10 rankings this week that are going to appear in Thursday's paper, checking in at number 10 after their win over Monticello. We've got uh, four more teams to unveil here before we go off the air tonight, so we'll go ahead and knock it out real quick. Uh, Our number four team is, actually our number four and three teams are both out of the Illini Prairie Conference as well. One of them, number four, is Paxton Buckley-Loda. PBL is 1-0, defeated Chillicothe in week one in what was a really competitive game, uh, 28-20 against the Grey Ghosts. Uh, Less familiar opponent for the Panthers in week two. They are going to bring Sparta to town for one of the six home games that the Panthers have been uh, fortunate enough to get this season. So PBL trying to improve to 2-0 with a win over Sparta. And then at number three, we have the Prairie Central Hawks, who picked up a big win over Unity at home last week. Uh, Obviously frustrating that Unity team that will now try to recover at St. Joe, but St. Joe has something to say about that with these three guys and the rest of the Spartans. As for Prairie Central, they are going to be heading over to Pontiac for week two, and what uh, I've come to understand is a big rivalry game for Prairie Central. I didn't realize until kind of this uh, this year that Prairie Central and Pontiac kind of really don't like each other very much, <laughs> so I've learned that quite a bit uh, in recent months. And then our final two teams in the top ten this week. At number two, we have the Centennial Chargers. You heard from Coach Kyle Jackson early in the show. Centennial's at 1-0 and after a win over Proviso East and is going to host Peoria Manual this week. 
and our number one team. Haven't really talked about them at all on this show yet. It's the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Uh, Muhammad 1-0. They racked up 51 points on Morton in Week 1, getting some revenge for their loss in the Class 5A quarterfinals last year. Uh, Muhammad Seymour going to have its annual Dogapalooza game on Friday night this week, hosting Effingham to start Apollo Conference play. And uh, Joey, 51-14 against Morton? Sounds pretty impressive, right? And I think that Morton team is going to wind up being pretty solid as the year goes along. That is a a terrific win, and there are a lot of great programs in our area right now, but Mm -hmm. I just don't know that any of them are that close to... Uh, taking that number one spot for Muhammad Seymour. They... Man, you're going to motivate these St. Joe guys. They're still sitting right next to you. They, they're you got all three here. football players in here. Well, yeah, and, and it's true. That's true. They could all probably take me. but uh, um, And not that anyone won't get there, right? But, That's right. but Muhammad Seymour just brought so much back. Mm-hmm. And then right. you know that decisive week one win, I really like what I've seen from them so far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously this only takes into account 11-man teams. We do have some eight-man programs in the area, of course. Milford getting a big win in week one. And there's other teams in 11-man who are on the fence. I'm sure Iroquois West wants to get back into that top 10 spot. Oakwood, who Iroquois West is facing this week, uh, also has a claim maybe to a top 10 spot. And Monticello, after the loss to St. Joe, is going to want to fight back into the top 10 as well. Well, thank you all for joining us for the first week of the U of I ROTC Serve Pro Everybody from Prep Football Confidential Radio Show. I've been Colin Likas with Joey Wright. Thank you so much to all of our guests for joining us this evening. And come on back this time next week for week two of the show. Network from Leafield. Welcome to the Brett Bielma Show, presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Also brought to you by Carl, the official healthcare provider of the Fighting Illini. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola and the Fighting Illini. Always a great call. Illini Visa Rewards Card. True fans carry the official visa of Fighting Illini football. Get your Illini Visa Rewards Card today and earn points every day on all your purchases. Apply today at IlliniCard.org. That's IlliniCard.org. And by State Farm. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now, the Brett Bielma Show. Here's the voice of the Fighting Illini, Brian Barnhart. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Coach Brett Bielema Radio Show. It's presented by our friends at Bud Light as we get ready for Illinois at Indiana. Coming up in a couple of nights on Friday night at 7 over in Bloomington. That would be 7 o'clock Central time. And our network pregame will come your way starting at 6 on Friday night. Great to have you with us tonight. We've got Coach Bielema with us here for a couple of segments. A little later in the show, live, we'll be joined by Athletic Director Josh Whitman. Also, Chris Thomas, volleyball coach. They'll be headed out west this week. And we've got Janet Rayfield with us as well. They have a match against Texas A&M coming up tomorrow night. So we've got a packed show. Let's get right to it with the head football coach, Brett Bielema. And how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Brian. Good. A little, little, little shorter week, but I know you were prepared <laughs> for it. So, Yeah. Actually, you know, one of our uh, first goals, I, I always have what they call keys to victory. And um, uh, the one key to victory I put up to guys at the beginning of the week is as soon as I went into my press conference on Monday and every interview I've done since then, right, everybody's like, Coach, how do you handle the short week, right? Well, it's a short week, but we're not short on time. Um, we were able to get... Uh, multiple days of preparation in on Indiana before this week, and, and uh, I showed them a chart that during a normal game week, we, we, we somewhere have between 
24 to 28 team periods, which are segments that devote to a team that we're playing each week. Uh, and when we go to practice uh, today and, and wrap up our practice tomorrow, we'll actually have almost double the amount of time that we have on a normal opponent. Mm. So uh, the only thing is we don't know exactly what our opponent is doing, so we've had to cover a lot of different areas. <laughs> yeah, but you've uh, you've been in the NFL, too, so oh, yeah. they have short weeks all the time. Right? Yeah, I was I mean, blown away. Uh, uh, I remember my first Thursday night game. You know, we played a game on Sunday, yeah. get back, and we have Monday kind of a, a review, and we're playing Thursday, right? So you have basically two days of practice. Um, and I was just blown away. You know, we didn't do any any padded activities. It was all walkthroughs, and we went and, and we actually destroyed Indiana, uh, the Colts that week. Um, but um, not quite the same here. We've actually literally got in every day. You know, so we skipped Monday, but you know, our Sunday was Sunday. But Monday was like a Tuesday. Tuesday was like a Wednesday. Today's like a Thursday, and then obviously tomorrow will be like a Friday of our travel day, and Saturday, which is going to be Friday night, we got a game day. Friday night games, uh, interesting when the Big Ten went to this a few years ago, and yeah. uh, here we are playing one on the road. I think we've played a couple at home over the years. Yeah, we played one last year, right, when Maryland, I believe, Friday night. I think uh, so, game. yeah. Um, you know, I forget that all the time, but uh, <laughs> they all kind of blend together. At first, yeah. I remember, well, the first one I remember having the Big Ten was Minnesota played somebody. It might have been Minnesota-Michigan because of the Twins baseball schedule. Mm. And I remember sitting in a hotel room on a Friday night, and I remember saying, can you believe they're playing a game on Friday night? Uh, and now we got them on every every night of the week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is uh, unique. And, and this, week, this year we have one on Thursday, right? And, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so this year we have a Thursday, a Friday, and two bye weeks. We actually have... Uh, you know, four weekends this uh, this fall that we're not involved on game day Saturday, which is unusual. Very unusual. I guess that for recruiting purposes, that could yeah. help you a little bit. Yeah, maybe. we're we're kind of tying uh, a little bit of Saturday in. We're we're kind of a wait and see. We want to make sure we see the right guys at the right time. Mm-hmm. We have 42 evaluation days you can use in the fall, and uh, for us to use them, I want to maximize them. I don't want to just show up for a half of football or. Uh, for us, the advantage we've had at Illinois, in my opinion, is we just try to get to know people a little better. It's called recruiting, uh, but it's called get to know you, right? And and if I'm going to uh, recruit uh, you, if I'm going to go recruit Brian, right, I want to not only recruit you, but I want to go into high school. I want to v- sit down with the high school coach. I want to sit down with the athletic director. I want to sit down with the English teacher, the math teacher, the science teacher, and get to know something about you that no one else knows, right? And you can't do that on a Saturday, so that's why we kind of prefer going during the week on Monday, Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays and Fridays of bye week. Again, visiting with Coach Bielema, we'll have Coach Thomas, Coach Rayfield, and Athletic Director Josh Whitman coming up in a few minutes. Good start to last week. Uh, you started fast. Can't start any faster than <laughs> no. that other than running back the kickoff. I yeah, I, I was so excited <laughs> with Peyton Mining. Um, yeah. You know, as a young man that's been in our program, uh, you know, him and Chase and Sid were all high school teammates together. And okay. uh, that coach uh, must have been blessed beyond belief because those – those three kids, and then uh, Dylan Davis actually is another player on the roster from the same high school, same class. But um, Peyton, you know, has returned a, a, a kick for a touchdown in, in uh, his previous school at Denison, and uh, uh, he was he was lobbying for that spot, and we gave it to him, and obviously he took full advantage of it. Also, ten other guys got a hat on a hat and, and performed very very well. And then to start the way we did, I thought with the Chase Brown run, he kind of made a guy miss line of scrimmage. The best part of that run was about 15, 20 yards downfield. Uh, to have Pat Bryant uh, blocking on the perimeter on a corner was really special to see and witness. He broke a couple tackles, lined up, and then Barry London knew exactly where he wanted to go with the next call. And the next thing you know, uh, Sid's in the end zone, or Chase is in the end zone. We didn't enjoy the spike, and the spike hurt around the world, but um, I think he just got so caught up in the moment. Um, and I promise you that's probably not going to happen again. My ears always perk up when you talk about different players in camp, and you had mentioned Pat Bryant yeah. and what a good camp and how far it's come. 
Yeah, it showed up in the game. It did. You know, Pat's, you know, three things he's got. He's very big. He's very athletic. He catches the ball extremely well uh, and is very coachable. I, I, I just I just can't say enough. If you could go out and sign, you know, four Pat Bryant's a year, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, he just uh, uh, very, very talented, uh, fun to be around. He's his own soul, uh, really good demeanor. Uh, he actually got uh, one that was ruled incomplete. It should have been incomplete. There was a boundary pass there right before the end of the half that, uh, if I had had a, a better view of it and, and we kind of had that moment as a team, we taught each other like, hey, I'm, I'm going to trust in you. You have, I ask you every day to have faith in me. I'm going to have faith in you. If you tell me you get your feet down, uh, let's have this chance to review because there was that sideline pattern over there that he definitely caught the ball and we should have sent it upstairs to the replay booth. They should have stopped it. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, for us to be right, we got to have trust and faith in one another. Well, on the offense, uh, I thought had a good day. Uh, Barry Lunny, first uh, game as the offensive coordinator. You got it to 12 different receivers. Yeah. I know Wyoming wasn't letting you throw deep, so yeah. we took what they gave us, basically, yeah. right? I think that's a great coach, right? Or a great philosophy is just kind of take what they give you and, you know, have a, have an answer for what you hope is going to happen, but you have to adjust to what does happen. Um, I really enjoyed being on the headset and listening to our coaches talk. Barry Lunny is a very, very even demeanor, very uh, conscientious in the conversations he has, the details that he has. I thought our offensive line, four of the five of those guys were starting in a new position they've never played at or started at. Uh, you know, Julian Pro has started a lot, but had never started at left tackle. The two guards are brand new, never started anywhere at Illinois. Pilstrom had never started at center, let alone played center. So uh, very excited about that group. I thought our tight ends between Tip, Luke, and, and uh, um, um, you know, the, the addition of Mike Marques and that group were fun to watch. And then, as you said, the number of wide receivers that touched the ball was pretty cool. Well, when you when you hold teams to one out of twelve on third down, yeah, that's a real good day. Yeah. I think. Yeah, our yeah. third key to victory. Um, yeah, uh, that I mentioned earlier, we kind of always had it. our third was, you know, early down success and, and execute on third down uh, offense defense, and and I thought our guys did that for the most part. Obviously, you still want to improve in certain areas, but uh, I really thought our guys just kind of locked in the game plan. They went out and executed. Didn't play. Clean by any measure of the word, but uh, I thought it was a positive step in the right direction. Although Caleb was strong on his kickoffs, yeah, uh, he had one really long field goal. It was just a little off, and the other one he missed, but he made another one, and I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, but. he'd started a game here previously as a kicker, right, kickoff, but he yeah. hadn't done a lot of field goals. So yeah. uh, to prepare all fall camp early last spring, and then uh, this week in, in particular yesterday, he was extremely confident, hit the ball extremely well in our practice session. So I think we know where that one's going to go, um, but. Uh, I also thought Hugh Roberson did a really, really nice job of kind of continuing where 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 he had been in the spring, and 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 love to see him execute the way he did. All right, our show tonight brought to you by Bud Light. We'll come back with some more. Again, Chris Thomas and Janet Rayfield and Josh Whitman all with us uh, live at Papa Dell's in a little bit. Back with Coach Brett Bielema in a moment on the Brett Bielema Show presented by Bud Light on the Busey Bank Illini Sports Network from Learfield. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. Ha-ha, <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. Every great team needs a strong defense. At Carl, the official health care provider of the Fighting Illini, we believe the best defense is to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Nothing compares to watching the action with other Illini fans, and getting vaccinated is the best way to make that possible. So get your game face on and get vaccinated. 
Do it for your friends. Do it for your family. Do it for the Fighting Illini. Hi, I'm Lynn Dugan, a registered dietitian and founder of My Plate to Yours and a proud University of Illinois alum. Did you know milk offers 13 essential nutrients like vitamin A, vitamin D, calcium and protein that are essential to a healthy immune system and hard to find in any other food or beverage. For more information on dairy nutrition and delicious recipes, visit usdairy.com. Make next harvest your best harvest with Mershman Seeds. This is Joe Mershman. Our connection to MS Technologies makes us an industry leader for Enlist E3 soybean genetics. Starting line seed treatment, our most advanced seed treatment, comes standard with added protection against both sudden death syndrome and white mold. Upgrade with Saltrol and Trunemco for maximum protection against sudden death syndrome and soybean cyst nematodes. There's only one leader in soybean technology, Mershman Seeds, your friend in the field. We're back as we are at Papa Dell's visiting with head coach Brett Bielema as the Illini get ready to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Indiana has not hosted Illinois in a football game since Nathan Shieldhouse, <laughs> who is now an assistant coach out at Iowa State, was the quarterback. And that was a track meet. He threw for 450 yards in that game. But uh, hard to believe, Indiana right next door, and just the way the schedule worked. Yeah. We haven't been over there in nine years. It's, it's great. I, when I saw that stat, when the, <laughs> when the schedule first came out, I was... Uh, blown away, yeah. When Nathan Shieldhouse was doing that, I was trying to stop him myself uh, back in the day. Uh, Nathan's an incredible uh, player here and, uh, and really turned into a great coach, too, as well. The things he's accomplished uh, in his coaching career are pretty special. Fun to watch him have success. But, yeah, Indiana, I think, uh, um, to go over there, it's it's a, obviously a, a Big Ten opponent, not in our division as as we know it. We know that's an ever-changing world. But um, I think the other thing that's an element here that a lot of people don't consider is they have a lot of guys on our team that know each other, right? There's a lot of Florida guys. They recruit kind of the same areas. Of course, in the Midwest here, we kind of touch on all borders. Alec Bryan, our deep outside linebacker, he has a brother on the team, right? So there's a there's a lot of crossover on this roster that uh, – and then, you know, Coach Boo uh, worked with their offensive coordinator, Coach Bell, at uh, Maryland, right? There's a lot of crossover, both players and coaches, that make this fun, this game fun. I think you mentioned, yeah, you run into Indiana a lot. On the recruiting trail, we do hit yeah. the same area. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They, you know, same temperament. They look for the same kind of kids. Uh, both are great academic institutions, so you kind of travel in that same wheelhouse academically. Um, you know, I think the the part that hopefully we're able to see, you know, when we get together on Friday night, is you know, two teams I think play the game the right way, uh, very well coached. Uh, they, they play with extreme physicality and uh, try to take what's there. They got some really good players, as we mentioned, guys that uh, are opportunistic guys. I think they're excited about where they are and. Uh, you know, they had a little bit of a year last year that I think caught some people by surprise, and, and they've carried a chip on their shoulder. And you can see in their uh, in their fall comments that they're a very motivated crew to have success. Yeah, they had some injuries at quarterback that hurt. Yep. Uh, struggled to score. I think they, at the end of the season they were scoring about ten or eleven points a game. They just couldn't get going offensively. Yeah, during it's, the course uh, of the year, and that's why they changed coordinators. I yeah, guess. and then, you know sometimes uh, you know obviously coaches change, but. You know, there's a lot driven by by the horses that are in the race, right? And, right. and, and um, you know, uh, you know, so for certain schools in this conference, right, you're you f- you feel that your players can play at a certain level, but that guy behind him may not quite be at the at the same level. And, and, and injuries have a huge factor in program success. So that's one of the main things we're battling right now is just uh, we we just continue to try to build our roster to gain, you know keep and maintain depth and and put our guys in the right position. Sometimes. You know, Josh McCray obviously isn't going to be with us this weekend, but it's an opportunity for 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 Chase Hayden and and um, 
uh, Reggie Love, like I've been waiting to see these guys on the field. But you don't want to take Chase or Josh off, right? But this is a, an opportunity for these guys to rise up and shine and, and um, hopefully kind of, kind of execute at a high level. So how do you approach an opponent you have not seen with two new coordinators where do you start, I guess? Yeah, well, you do an extensive research and background in history. Coaches are coaches usually, right? They believe in certain things. Uh, they get hired because of those philosophies and those thoughts. Uh, uh, you know, Coach Allen has made it nothing that he's hiding from, right? He's going to be calling the plays, so I'm assuming he's going to call plays that he likes to coordinate, right? So we'll, we've we've done an extensive research when he was a coordinator and when he was in charge of the defense and, and how that carried forward. Very similar to what they've been doing, though, in, in the in the recent history. So I don't think defense is going to be as much transition as offense. Offense, I think, we will see a, a different approach to what Coach Bell has done in the past and uh, the things that he's uh, you know proven to be very successful at. Um, how they're going to arrange their personnel and how they're going to line up is kind of a, a work in progress that we'll see on, on Friday night. But, yeah, I think those are things that you as coaches face every day. Yeah, and uh, as is uh, the case a lot in college football, uh, we've had a few transfers. They've had several. Yeah. I know on offense, uh, quarterback in particular, a uh, young man came in from Missouri, uh, Bazelak. We'll see if he starts, but he or Tuttle, I guess, uh, two, well, two it, quarterbacks there. And, you know, case in point, he was at Missouri with, with Ryan Walters, so Ryan Walters has seen him in practice, right? So there's there's a little bit, of, I joke all the time, everybody talks about the uh, uh, player portal. There's this thing called the coaching portal, right? There's There's <laughs> coaches that show up and pop up all over the place so there's a little bit of that and yeah they've a number of players right they have a defensive end from ucla you can see he can really run does a lot of really good things they had a d tackle from cal that uh, is a very explosive hard charge and really good player uh two two running backs that we feel we may see right one out of auburn and one out of out of North Carolina, both very talented players, uh, highly recruited players, kind of two different players. Uh, they got a Juco receiver out of Trinity that we think is very talented, very, very, uh, uh athletic, good size, good length. So yeah, there's, there's things everywhere that, um, you know, are going to present new challenges, but how we handle those moments are going to be the true story. Yeah. I love, uh, Coach Allen, uh, and like yourself, you grew up in this state in Illinois. He, of course, uh, from Indy, you know, yep. got his master's from Indiana. He coached in high school there. Uh, I th- you I can tell he's a good fit oh, for them over yeah, there. He, he, you mean. can t- can see that. Obviously, the success he had and and the people he's hired, um, some really good coaches have been. Uh, some of the coaches of his past uh, on his original staff that you know when they had success had chances to move on. So, yeah, there's a there's a whole. A uh, plethora of connections to him to Indiana, and you can see that the players really believe in him and are motivated to have him have success. And they've had success, yeah. uh, not last year, but uh, a couple of back-to-back January bowl games. Yeah, they, uh, and won what eight or nine games there a couple of years ago. You know, and so. I think they just had, if I'm not mistaken, the high school recruiting class they had was one of the highest-rated recruiting classes in, in in Indiana's history, right? So you know, you can tell he's recharging the batteries and getting guys in the right spots, and and we got a, a tremendous challenge in front of us. Well, should be a good ball game. I know we're looking forward to it, uh, getting over there. We'll get in uh, two games before a lot of people are going to play one, yeah. as it turns out. Yeah, Josh said that to me the other day, kind of intriguing. And yeah. It's really a unique season if you truly look back and, and kind of understand, like we mentioned earlier, you know, to have four Saturdays we're not involved in, to have a Thursday night, a Friday night game, to have three weeks, bye week, four weeks, bye week five, uh, and then see what postseason we can pop, hopefully work our way into. So uh, it's a really unique paper, uh, schedule on paper and one we're excited to get finally be into and uh, now entering week two. Talked this whole time and have not mentioned Chase Brown, how yeah. good he was other than the catch early. Um, we were talking about in the booth about how fresh and how he was accelerating so well. I mean, even better than last year. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I give a lot of credit to Tank. Uh, well, I give a lot of credit to Chase, uh, yeah. first and foremost. But 
there's a number of players that that you can just Pat Bryant, right? Casey Washington, Isaiah Williams, uh, Chase Brown, Josh McCray. Josh McCray physically looks different than I've ever seen him look, right? Um, uh, the offensive line, you know, Isaiah Adams to come in at 305 and is now at 320. Um, Cy Chrysler to come in at 345 and is now at 325. Um, uh, to see Calvin uh, Avery, who's at, you know, 365 down to 335. Like, it, it's a little bit of yin and yang. Some of it's up, some of it's down. Uh, he hasn't done anything for the head coach. I'll note that. Uh, but um, I, I would also say that the, the, the defensive players, I think you see Quan Martin, how explosive and twitchy and, uh, uh, Taz Witherspoon and, and, uh, or, or Taz and, and Spoon, both those guys really, uh, have changed their bodies physically and, and Sid looks as good as Sid's ever looked, right? Those three inside backers, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, uh Randolph and, and, uh, Johnny Newton both, both really uh, have taken another step forward, Bryce Barnes. So yeah, they're, they're, it's a little bit of everything everywhere. All right. Well, coach, thank you. Thank you for the time here. And uh, we'll look forward to, uh, next week, but got to get through this game first. So we'll look forward to Friday night. Make sure you, Give some hard questions to, to Mr. Whitman and uh, Coach Thomas and, and Janet to see him put those guys over the coal a little there bit. There we go. All right. Uh, they'll be next here coming up live from Papa Dell's. Bud Light, the presenting sponsor of the Coach Bielema Radio Show, and we'll be back with more. Josh Whitman next on the Busey Bank, Illini Sports Network from Learfield.